Hello listeners everywhere. Welcome to the Archive of Audio Antiquities, a voyage into the vault of wonders on the wireless. In a moment, Simon Exton and Ken Moss will be here to speak to you. Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to the Archive of Audio Antiquities. I'm Ken Moss. I'm Simon Exton. And this time we're listening to a Big Finish audio adventure from 2000. It's Doctor Who, The Fearmonger. Jesus, was it 1999? It was, it was one of the very first ones they did. Oh, it might have been early 2000, this actually, but it was certainly recorded in 1999. Wow, 20 years old, good grief. The Fearmonger is a four-episode story starring Sylvester McCoy. It's the first one starring uh, McCoy on his own after the Sirens of Time. It's the fifth one of the original run of Big Finish Doctor Who audios. At the time, it was clearly meant to be very different to the other two Doctors. They'd had a couple of Peter Davison's, they'd had a Colin Baker, and they were very traditional Doctor Who. With The Fearmonger, which was written by Jonathan Blum, I think, they've clearly tried to go down the New Adventures route and be a little bit more gritty. And did it very well. I think so. It's Well, obviously, I've listened to it recently. It stands up very well. People these days are afraid. Afraid of the lawless gangs and the drugs and violence they bring into our cities. Something's got to be done. Something's got to be done. Afraid to speak simple truths for fear of being labelled politically incorrect or worse. He's called the Doctor. So what's this creature you were talking about? The fearmonger? We know what it does and how it does it, but I'm afraid there's no easy label for what it is. I've been aware of him for some years now. What kind of moron are you? The kind who knows what to look for. Intelligence Division, Department C-19. And we're back with another hour of the Mick Thompson Show, home of the real story. All the little things the uni loonies and greasy PC freaks don't want you to hear. Oh yeah, we know all about the monsters. I don't think he'll be getting a friendly reception wherever he goes next. But we know what the problems are, and we know who they are. I've listened to The Fearmonger a lot over the years. There, For all I have my thoughts on a certain amount of Big Finish's Doctor Who output, when they do it well, they do it incredibly well. Fearmonger is one of my all-time favourites. I can listen to it over and over and over again, and it still creeps me out in a way that pretty much no other audio drama does. Now, part of that is down to the circumstances under which I first listened to it, which were slightly strange. At the time The Fearmonger came out, I was living and working in Belfast and I was writing up my PhD and my funding had run out. So I was working in a local insurance company in their claims department. And summer came round, end of June, and then it got to be July. And for people who don't know Northern Ireland, and, and this is very, very, very much a Northern Ireland thing, the first two weeks of July leading up to the 12th are marching season. And it's when the traditional orange marches happen. And if you're not an absolutely died in the orange orangeman, if you have any sense about you at all, you just leave the province because you can go nowhere. You can get nothing done. These people think they, they own the streets. And July the 12th is just quite a scary place to be in Northern Ireland. I mean, 
we used to have to nail up our letterbox to make sure that fireworks weren't pushed through them, that kind of thing. I only ever once went out during the 12th. And I might get onto that story on another occasion, Um, but it was a a very scary experience. And in the time, in the, the fortnight leading up to the 12th, Certain things happen, and there are things in the, the province that will get blockaded. And the year that I was working in the city centre, the boys decided that they were going to blockade the city centre. So they put up barricades around the city centre and said, we will let you in at eight o'clock, we will let you out at half twelve. If you are still in the city centre after half past twelve, you don't get out until half eight, eight o'clock the next morning. And when you've got men with balaclavas and barely conceal, concealed firearms saying that to you, then you sit up and take notice. So there weren't an awful lot of businesses that opened in the centre of Belfast during that time. But one of the ones that always did was motor insurance companies. I was uh, And I was a claims handler. And there are a lot of vehicles that are burnt out as part of the celebrations to the point where there is a specific government grant for marching season damages that you can just access into. But yet there has to be people around to start taking those claims. So pretty much the only people who were working in the centre of Belfast at that time were insurance claim handlers. And we, we all knew each other. There were half a dozen companies and there were maybe a couple of hundred of us, all told. And we were escorted past the, the barricades each morning and out again each lunchtime under armed police guard. And I, I used to listen to Big Finishes walking to and from work. And I first heard the riot sequence in The Fearmonger, walking through an absolutely deserted European city centre. Bright sunny daylight past a barricade with armed men in balaclavas under police guard. And it was just a very bizarre and atmospheric experience. It doesn't detract from the fact that The Fearmonger is a wonderful piece of audio drama, but it just gives it that extra edge for me. Yeah, mine was slightly different. I listened to it in my bedroom at my parents' house. So not quite the same. At the time, I had a good friend who lived in Croydon, and I actually met Gary Russell at his house not long after the Fearmonger had gone out. And I said to him, you know, it's a wonderful production. It's got Jacqueline Pierce in it. Hugh Walters was in it. They were, it was really well cast, and there were some cracking performances. I said, but who on earth did you get to play that DJ? Because he was terrible as a DJ. And this is where I was slightly embarrassed, because he said, well, he is a real DJ. It's Vince Henderson, and he is Sophie Aldred's husband. But just because somebody does a job in real life doesn't mean that they're a good actor. And unfortunately, I found his performance did let it down a little bit. Yeah, possibly. Not enough to detract from the, the show, as far as I'm concerned. It was... It, it's an absolute joy to... Oh, joy is the wrong word. It's a very powerful mm. listen. And particularly just at the moment, because... We are coming to the, the tail end of the seemingly never-ending drama of Brexit, where neither side has covered themselves in glory from a public relations perspective. No. And just we've not long had the, the general election, which has been the, the most obviously flawed rule book out of the window, lie through your teeth about whatever, and absolutely play on the underlying xenophobia of the country. And I know it's not the only thing that went on, but there has been a lot of that happening. There um, has in certain regions, yes. And the fearmonger, it's it's very relevant. Twenty years on, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know and talk to doctors from all over the the UK. I, I think it's more pronounced in certain regions, possibly. But I hear about the level of racist abuse that, uh, particularly nurses, are having to to deal with. 
And it has increased by orders of magnitude since Brexit. And so since that first vote in 2016, it is almost as if people have been given a license to let fly with their, their prejudices. And I've seen it and I've seen it drive people to tears. Before then, yes, there were people who would say, I will only be seen by an English doctor, but they were very much in the minority. Not so much now. See it far, far, far more often. And it was almost the day that first Brexit vote. The fearmonger, though, there's some... Yes, back to the point. Back to the fearmonger. We'll try and stay on topic. It's not our strong point. Again, lovely sound design in it. Big Finish have been consistently good with the sound design right from day one. There's never been any episodes where I've thought, well, that's a bit poor. They could have put more effort in there. The fearmonger, one of the very earliest ones, these guys knew what they were doing from the word go. For all we think that Big Finish just sort of appeared out of nowhere with the sirens of time and then started getting good. Oh, they've been doing it for years before that. A good 15 yeah, they, years. They, they, they'd been doing all the audiovisuals mm. and actually the audiovisuals had had their own conventions. I remember mm. one happening in, in Bournemouth and I'd done my level best to get, get along to it and uh, I ended up working that particular Saturday. So they had been honing their craft. And there, there are certain of the um, early Big Finish stories that are... Not massively faithful, but reasonable retellings of audiovisual stories. Minuet in Hell is the one that, that leaps to mind, but mm. I think there are others. The Mutant Phase and... The Mutant Phase, isn't it basically the same title, but almost... I think it's a different story, story, yeah. Whereas Minuet in Hell is an adapted story, but it's obviously still the same underlying story. I haven't listened to the audiovisual things in years, but I, I, I do remember thinking that they were they were very good. There were a lot of nods in the... In fact, peppered throughout the, the Doctor Who releases, there have been... Little nods to the audiovisual stuff the drudges in sirens of time they were in the av stuff there was a sequel called frozen time it was a sequel to endurance so if you don't know the av stuff it doesn't make any difference but it's a nice nod to the fans i think the one of the av themes was used as the alternative theme tune to natural history of fear Oh, God, I hated that. Which you hated, I know, because I, it was a I, rip-off of, was it Dark City? Dark City. And they make no bones about the fact that it's a rip-off. They call it Light City. They've taken a brilliant, groundbreaking, intelligent, thought-provoking film and ripped any of the atmosphere and intellect out of it. You see, bear in mind, when I heard that, well, I've still never seen it, but I, I had no idea about Dark City. Dark, so what, Dark City is a fantastic, absolutely fantastic film. Any fan of genre fiction should go and watch it and then see just what an absolute rip-off The Natural History of Fear is. I suspect The Natural History of Fear is one we won't be covering here because there will be a lot of ranting. So back to the fearmonger. Back to the fearmonger. The premise, I suppose, we should do, really. Yes, yes. Would you like to tell people what the plot is? Yeah, should we, should we say what it's all about? There are an increasing number of riots. They are not so much, not overtly race riots, but there's a, a hint of that. There's this political party called New Britannia have sprung up, headed by Jacqueline Pierce's character called Cherilyn Harper, very strong woman, very emotive speeches. It's never very really sort of stamped as white supremacist, but there's an element of that. There's a definite undercurrent of that in her speeches. It does cause a lot of unrest. Uh, there's a radio phone-in that get her on, and that just exacerbates the situation. But running around in London is the fearmonger, this alien entity 
that gets into people, exacerbates their fears, and gets them to do somewhat suicidal things. So one of the characters has a suicide vest on, they have to talk him out of it. He's convinced he can hear it in other people. But as the story unfolds, it becomes less and less clear what this fearmonger is and how it's working because the guy who's and, supposedly and got who it it's in hiding him, in. Because the guy who's it's supposedly hiding in is locked away in an asylum, but the doctor meets this creature. So uh, the story itself unfolds until finally Ace becomes the one who becomes infected and can start hearing it in people. And so they get the person that they think it's in. And the doctor's constructed a machine that will create a force shield that shrinks around that person, kills the fearmonger, but the person themselves are unharmed. When it doesn't work and they find out that the fearmonger isn't in them at all, eventually they realise that the fearmonger is in the person who can hear the voice in other people and it turns out to be Ace, who turns the machine on herself and it's all very emotional. It's actually quite a touching scene, that end scene, because there's a heart-to-heart discussion between her and the Doctor about how much, basically, she thinks of him and what she's prepared to do for his values. And he doesn't realise it until she says it. And he's quite touched by it. And it's, it's actually quite a lovely ending, I thought. It was well written, well produced, well acted mm. from the first second to the last second. It's a plot that keeps you guessing. It's not an original villain. We The whole mind parasite thing we've seen before any number of times. But it's a really, really well done. And the other thing is it was the first of the big finishes to really play with the medium of sound in terms of storytelling. It wasn't just it sounded great. They used sound as part of the plot. Oh, I don't know. Two stories earlier, they'd done Whispers of Terror. And that was literally a sound creature. Yeah, but it wasn't a good one. Oh, I like Whispers of Terror. I was very fond of that. Yeah, but you like a lot of crap. (laughs) That first run of Big Finish Stories, I'd say the first 20, 25, they were really good. There was barely a duffer among them. I'm trying to think of a a genuinely bad one, and I can't. Oh, I'm going to have to look these up now. Red Dawn was a bit of a weak link. I quite like Red Dawn. But it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't amazing. You know, things like Apocalypse Element, where they really went to town on it. Mutant phase, big sprawling idea. Uh, you get into the first McGann run, Storm Warning, Sword of Orion. Stones of Men a second oh, take a leave, but... Storm Warning wasn't great. Storm Warning was amazing. <laughs> I loved... St- on the airship, I'm absolutely... Even now... It, it sounds great. The story's a bit crap. I introduced somebody very dear to me to Storm Warning a couple of months back, and I didn't expect... I, thought, I said, just listen to one episode, see what you think. She was gripped. And we listen to all four episodes in a night. It's a not. It's a real good one to introduce somebody to audio with. Storm warning. No, I won't hear a word against that one. We will do that at another time. Mm. But final thoughts on the fearmonger. It's still one of my absolute favourites. This genocide machine, Sandman, Chimes of Midnight. Are there any others that I've listened to? As many as this, probably not. This to me is on a par with the new Warmaster stuff. And yeah, and you know how highly mm. I think yeah. of that. I've always said it, when Big Finish get it right, they really, really get it right. And this is that writ large. I don't have a single bad word to say about it. You see, McCoy has always been, I want want to say one of my least favourites, and that's very, very disingenuous. Of the audio Doctors, his is the one I'm least attracted to. However, the Seventh Doctor stories 
have on the whole been really very good. Particularly when you, you listen to things like The Harvest. Oh yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. Because they again, by and large, have really tried to tap into that new adventures vibe, something a little bit darker. Was he spare like. parts as well? Spare parts was Peter Davison. Mm. I love spare parts, but to be honest, it's the non TARDIS team stuff that I remember from it. That Sally Nivette's character was mm. just superb. So purely from the fact that this is another dark story. I really enjoyed it. I like dark Doctor Who. I don't like light, fluffy, comedic Doctor Who. The only exception to that is The One Doctor with Christopher Biggins. Yes, but who was it written by? (sighs) Yes, I know. Quite. We'll not be covering that. So on the whole, boys and girls, we should give these a score, really. But for that, we need a scale. We're three episodes in now and we don't have a scale. This is obscene. Crystals... I'd say styluses, but it's not Headphones. a good thing. And it's styli anyway. So we'll, we'll have none of that bastardised pluralisation here. Thank you very much. Thank it's you. Style. No, we, we need something a little more geeky. You're good at this. You're better than I am. I go for the obvious. You'll pull one out of a hat. Pull, no, you don't want to pull one out of a hat. We want to pull one out of the... Oh, how about earworms? Yes. I'm liking your work. After, earworms it is. That's on you. Years, I would hope so, but... <laughs> Fearmonger is a good four out of five for me. Um, oh no, Fearmonger is a five out of five for me. I think it's absolutely right. superb. We've deliberately gone in with absolutely wonderful things to start. We, we do, we've done Genocide Machine. We've done Night Terrace. We're about to do Ectoplasm. We've gone in with the best of the best. And everything we've done so far for me is a five out of five. Genocide Machine certainly a five for me. And Night Terrace is a good four. That first season was a good four from me. For something to make me want to listen to more of it... Yeah. So yeah, so a very, very generally good thumbs up for the Fearmonger. Can highly recommend it, boys and girls. It's not available on CD anymore, but it is available on download from the Big Finish website. Oh, are the early ones not available on CD anymore? No, they're all out of print now. I think the first, uh, well, certainly the first hundred are out of print now, and they've done the hundred and one hundred and fifty. They're they're on sort of a five pound clearance. I think they're up to 260, 270 now. Maybe even above that releases. They've done a lot of the main range. So, yeah, highly recommended. And before we sign off, it's time for Podcast of the Week. This is where we choose to highlight uh, another podcast that probably has more listeners than we do anyway, but <laughs> ones that we, we thoroughly enjoy. And generally, as I'm, I'm more the podcast listening person than you, than you are, this is ones that I enjoy. But for this week, it's going to be one that we both rate. I'm going to suggest the podcast that basically got us started in podcasting, and that is Round the Archives. It's kind of an ensemble piece on mm. archive television fronted by Andy Trowbridge and Lisa Parker. Now, I've known Andy for an awful lot of years from way back when we were teenagers together and working in a factory in Dorset. And they do a wonderfully entertaining podcast, mm. roundabout monthly, looking at different things about archive television. And it's where our first podcast, The Exeter Moss Experiment, got the impetus to start off now. We tend to turn up, pop on a disc, slosh out the gin and talk nonsense. Andy and Lisa are much more professional about things and will actually do research and, and know stuff. <laughs> um, 
and they look, they look at BBC Genome and all that clever stuff that we don't. No, we're, we're a little more laissez-faire in our approach. Pissed is the word you're looking for. That, that's, um, that's been there too. So we owe a great debt of gratitude to the Around the Archives guys, and they do a very entertaining podcast that is well worth going out and having a listen to. And yeah. we, we yeah. crop up on it every so often. We do. We record segments for them, and they're sort of a, a condensed version of our main podcast, but we send them over and they're kind enough to put them in. So we owe an awful lot to Andy and Lisa, actually. The segments are very, very entertaining. So yes, look up Andy and Lisa, round the archives. They're on SoundCloud and Apple iTunes and various other places. You'll be easily able to find them. But if you like archive television, you'll like round the archives. And if you haven't heard it, listen to The Fearmonger. It is a wonderful, wonderful piece of audio drama. It is. I don't think you can go a million miles wrong with most of Big Finish's Doctor Who, but that is one of the better ones. Yes, well, we disagree on that. We do. As has previously been established, when we disagree, you're wrong. (sighs) On that note... Thank you very much for listening, boys and girls, while Simon Chun is in the background. We'll see you next time when we'll be looking at the BBC Radio 4 series, Ectoplasm. I I love Ectoplasm. We will talk you through the filth that is Ectoplasm in a couple of weeks' time. See you later. Bye now. The Archive of Audio Antiquities featured Simon Exton and Ken Moss, and the announcer was Jenny at Blue Box 99. All featured soundtracks are the property of their respective producers and no infringement of copyright is intended. Title music was by Edward White and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.